Listen, we're here talking about a Kanye product that actually came out in a not Kanye time because it was released on time. It is the documentary pitching, pitching itself as a story of Ye all in a trilogy. It premiered at Sundance where uh, Zach and I absolutely loved it. I think it was in both of our top fives. It rolled out on Netflix in absolutely. 3X on a weekly basis. And it's supposed to look back at the inception of Ye. What makes him Ye? But even more than that, what makes him a genius? Uh... Zach and I are pretty big fans of this man right here. I think uh, for those of you who have seen, I don't even have the cups a little bit over there for the creative process style. But for me, coming out of Sundance, it was one of my favorite uh, movies and top documentary from there. We were able to catch part one, which I highly, highly recommend. I think part two is also really good. Part three is different, I think. It's something that Zach and I would agree with. But for me, it's still uh, a must-watch that I would recommend to people with it collectively streaming on Netflix. Absolutely. I mean, when we saw part one, our reaction was they just need to be able to make something like this for every album that he's released. Like we would watch the 10, 11, 12 part version. That is the deep dive that you're getting from parts one and parts two of Genius. So those are like every Kanye nerds fantasy documentary. You're going to get a lot of that here. Uh, Part three is different. I still think there's a lot of really worthwhile and interesting stuff, stuff in, in there. there. Uh, it's, but it's not the it's not the same thing. It's not the deep dive that I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a different style of documentary, but we will get into that. I agree. And yes, there is a couple covers uh, that are missing in there. I wanted to see who the true Kanye fans were as I come over to the chat as well, because we are talking about a documentary. But when we're talking about documentaries, you you usually don't have a spoiler warning. Uh, but this is one where in the three acts, if you are a Ye fan, you're talking about something in where you're looking at footage people have never seen. Uh, specifically when you're looking at Act 1 uh, and Act 2, these are like these are elements in where you're seeing footage that has been in the vault for 20-something years. Uh, some of the making of yeah. the best songs out there. So if you don't want any spoilers, I highly recommend leaving because we are <laughs> going to get into all of it. So with that in mind, shout out to the chat, shout out to those listening, and now let us explain. Zach, they took this bad boy all the way back to 1998. That is when a man named Hootie met a man named Yay, and they made... History, really. Uh, for those who don't know, Cootie was a stand-up comedian, and pretty much he had his whole career that he, he could have pushed from there. I know he was also filming some stuff on the side. Uh, but it was around that time, in 1998, where he met Kanye and decided to just start filming him. He betted all on the line uh, because he was working for this channel called Channel Zero, which was like mm-hmm. <laughs> pre-YouTube is how he calls it. He was documenting all of the scene in hip-hop uh, that was happening specifically in Chicago. And what ended up happening was he found... This man right here gave it all up to film everything that he had, uh, inspired by Hoop Dreams as well, which, for those of you who yeah. don't know, one of the big documentaries in the 90s, I'd still say is a classic. And just like yeah, in Hoop Dreams... Yeah, the classic he didn't uh, know Steve he was James documentary. Exactly, yeah. The Steve James documentary that was Oscar-nominated, produced by Spike Lee, and follows these young basketball players, I think from middle school through to, like through high school mm-hmm. in the their path to the pros or like dreaming of the pros. Uh, it, this documentary turns out a lot more successfully in terms of where the subject ultimately ended up. Akuti made a big bet on following Kanye and Kanye took him to un, un, unreachable heights. Exactly, literally. Um, hold on, let me get this thing over here. Oop. 
guess it's not. Yeah, set up right here. Get this all set. Just making some PowerPoint fixes and Literally. smooth it all out. Um, but for the most part, these two, when they met back in the day, Literally, it could have gone in any way, shape, or form, right? Uh, I personally went back to see a couple of the other stuff Cootie has done. They even show this one in the channel, uh, which I thought was hilarious. I never knew that this actually came from Cootie. Uh, I thought this is one of the funniest mm -hmm. bits that I've seen floating around with Lil Bow Wow, and he didn't know that Lil Bow Wow was a dude. Uh, but overall, the, the dude had the ability to capture a lot of up-and-coming acts from Chicago. And I think the best thing that he had with Kanye was that early on, he is the only one who has all of the footage for the college dropout. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you and I love about part one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it takes you through all these moments in his time. I mean, the fact that part one ends with the infamous accident just goes to show you how deep into the catalogs there's going. This is, he has an hour and a half of compelling documentary footage from before the point that most of the public met Kanye. Mm -hmm. So it's just a really incredible trove that takes you through a lot of his work as a producer, a lot of the really interesting connections that he makes and some of the interesting, you know, obstacles that he faces along the way too. Easily. Uh, I love the interviews that he was doing during this time, just seeing the way that he was creating beats, uh, just the fact that he was all around Chicago, uh, was able to do all of these things. But in particular, it was him trying to get signed to Rockefeller Records, because I think a lot of people going into it, now that he's big, don't realize, they don't realize like how difficult it was for him to go in and pitch and just be known because they only saw him as a producer. And he goes in and he pitches All Falls Down once, twice three times, four times, and nobody listens to him. This, to me, was the craziest part. Right. Yeah, all these people hearing a future classic record and maybe, like, tuning in for a line or two, but otherwise kind of dismissing him. I mean, this is what he talks about, right, towards the end of the, uh, near the outro in College Dropout, uh, playing uh, Jesus Walks for all the A&Rs and not really getting response. You know, this is a different version of that, but, like, it, it took hustling and it took selling himself and it took going into these rooms and, and wrapping his ass off to the record, trying to sell what he was going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and overall, I thought that this was probably the best part in motivating people that you're not always just going to get a hit immediately because he ends up leaving like the saddest he's ever been. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's from there that you end up seeing all of the trials and tribulations that he did, even when he ends up getting the necklace from Rockefeller, which was the big thing that he wanted. Mm -hmm. He still only gets like one track. Uh, and it was the making yeah. of the stuff that I thought was fantastic. They even get into his contract signing, which to me was one of those bittersweet moments where it's like, right, it's what he's been looking forward to. But is it really the best thing that he could have gotten in retrospect? Uh, I thought mm -hmm. that was really interesting and to see what led up to this moment right here. Especially with all the debate over, like, oh, is he going to go with Rockefeller? Is he going to go with Rockus? Where is mm -hmm. he more of a fit? Is he a fit for Rockefeller's image? Because it takes you back to a time when rap was really not about the people like Kanye. It was more more gangsta, more tough. And the Kanye, to break in as his authentic self, had to sell a completely different idea of what a rapper could be. Mm -hmm. I think one of my favorite moments that uh, we've, we're going to talk about soon is uh, how he doesn't like being called a great rapper producer, even being called the greatest rapper producer. Cause it's, he just wants to be known as a rapper. 
but I agree with that. I think that's literally one of the best parts of it is that he never he knew what he had and he wasn't gonna oversell it. I feel like even on YouTube, you have a lot of people who are reviewers and they want to jump into the <laughs> like directing game. And what do people tell them? Mm, mm-hmm. You're a reviewer, keep it there. Uh, and I, yeah. That's kind of like how I saw the obstacle of what he had to do there. Um, but then even then, uh, to me, the best part is the creative process. Seeing him in the booth, right. seeing him actually have a choir that he's setting up. Uh, that's mm. To me, what the, I want to see in a documentary for a musician. That choral version of Through the Wire that Bro. they set up in part two is, it's just playing in the back of my head. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I, w- I wish just the choir version was uh-huh. on Spotify or something. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Was there a, a favorite moment that you had in, in revealing some behind the scenes recording of one of the iconic songs? Uh, for me, that, because All Falls Down is fantastic but just the idea that they mm-hmm. have had this in the vault for the longest time and it's barely coming unreal. out unreal like you're, you're thinking back to the uh, not to compare him to the Beatles but I think he has already himself <laughs> uh, with the get back stuff a lot of people were freaking out about that right. you know so the fact that you now have that here genius uh, but there, there's Absolutely. just a, a lot of the stuff here just seeing how he focuses on, yeah. in on production and then even the creative mm-hmm. side of what he was going through um with his perspective on education, if you've listened to the album, you know all of the skits that are in there. But I honestly wanted to see more of this. There, there's elements yeah. where you're just kind of like, they're montaging. And I'm like, I'm sure there's a lot more B-roll. We're talking about 300. Yeah. Show the whole clip. Show me the whole clip. Like, we even get to see the behind yeah. the scenes for Jesus Walk. And I love the uh, the backstory that they had here. That uh, they, he was going to leave and go film stuff himself. And then realized that mm-hmm. he had to come back to Cootie to figure out how they really wanted to properly Absolutely film this. Absolutely hilarious that Cootie sees this happening. He calls it. Kanye says, no, I want to get hype. I want to get the 15-minute movie. And inevitably, Cootie was right. He mm-hmm. called Cootie up and said, we needed to do something different. So, uh, I mean, it shows, to, shows how much they know each other, how much they're kind of like... Uh, more than just creative partners, like they grew up in a way t- around each other together. It, fascinating part of the documentary for sure. Uh, overall, I was hoping that we were going to get just the college dropout. Like as soon as Act 3 came out, I was like, yo, if they pace this perfectly, it's going to be fantastic. Because Act 1 ends with uh, a pretty good moment in, uh, right before he's about to become famous, which I'll get to in a bit. Mm-hmm. But Overall, uh, the moment that they started getting to that in the second act about all of the statistics and things that he was able to get, I was like, all right, I, I feel it would have been perfect to kind of like end it there uh, because we get a lot. I think there's a lot more that we could have focused on with the people that he met. You know, there was a bunch of celebrities throughout, people who would become influential in mm-hmm. his life. I love, love, love seeing the Jamie Foxx bit because at that point, he doesn't have a studio. Yes. And it's only because Jamie Foxx has a studio that he's able to record this bit. The way they were going off of each other, uh, knowing mm-hmm. that they still have an even bigger song in the horizon. Right. It's fascinating stuff. Absolutely incredible to see Kanye pitching what the intro ad lib would be before mm-hmm. Jamie is like formulates it, and then they you see them kind of crafting it and getting closer. A really really cool scene. One of the best of the of the documentary. Uh, seeing how nervous he was with just Blaze made sense, and then just all the celebrities that he surrounded him, himself around or that Cootie was able to film, the ludicrous bit was mm-hmm. hilarious. The fact that he went to go hound him, and he's like, "Nah, I know he's here somewhere, and I need a verse." <laughs> And not only that, he's like, go talk to my documentarian and and say your name for the documentary, too. Luda did not look that pleased to be there, but he he, he laid down the the track. 
<laughs> it was good though. He he. It shows you what you need to do to get done, even when you're Kanye. A young Kanye had that drive, that thirst, and that hunger to get it done. Um, I love seeing No ID. I think No ID is the, one of the best collaborators that uh, Kanye has had, along yeah. with Rhymefest. I'm not sure if I have him on here, but there was a bit with Pharrell that I really respected. I think it, mm. it, it was really nice to look back and see a moment in where, while everyone was seeing him as a producer, uh, Pharrell, being a producer himself, was the one who looked at him and said, I apologize, bro. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. I incredible didn't know. Scene. It was, that's an incredible moment. When he walks out of the room after that first Through the Wireverse, just in, incredible, and shows you that people are are recognizing Kanye's talent so immediately. Like as, as much as he may be kind of like forcing his way into an industry that doesn't want to open the door with him. Once yeah. he's there, he's got the goods to back it up and, and he's blowing away the minds of like really, really incredible people. I mean, uh, just talking about the cameos, you know, Talib Kweli and most deaf showing Oof. up throughout part one, uh, playing beats for Kweli in the car, rapping I mean, two words, acapella with most talking about, uh, doing a project most West together. Was there, a, was there a cameo in the documentary that blew your mind the most? Was it the two seconds mm. of we got of Beyonce walking by that we got by? I think that's really good footage to have. But to me personally, I think the best yeah. thing that he had, uh, besides this most deaf clip, there's a reason why that becomes a trailer. Mm. It's probably just seeing the camaraderie. That's probably too. Seeing how he had all these people mm. with him since the beginning, like Rhymefest. Um, I loved this moment a lot because it was really interesting to see him nervous. And we'll get into right. uh, one of the big <laughs> big bits that happens in this one. But I really liked him with, uh, try to find him here. Puff. There's a, a moment mm. where he's talking to Puff and he's getting really excited because he wants to be at that level because at this point, you know, Puff wasn't just rapping. Puff was creating a whole empire. And that's mm -hmm. what early Kanye wanted. It's what Kanye has now. But it's that respect Puff that, I don't know, there was something about that, that when Miss Donda came in, still shook that hand, made sure he was proper. He, he took away that whole persona that he could have had. I, I really like that element there, but... Probably Pharrell. Yeah. Just just that, that energy that the Pharrell recording had. Easily. Absolutely. And shout out to the intercuties in the live stream chat who are mentioning Scarface because that Scarface moment, mind-blowing. Just to see him so affected, I feel like, emotionally by Kanye's verse on, on Family Business, which is, you know, is one of the really incredible verses of early Kanye. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, he's like, he, he stopped in his tracks by that song almost. Yeah. Right? Like, you, you can't replicate a moment like that when someone goes, Skr! just yeah. to listen to what you have to say. Um, but no, yeah. like, to me, the whole thing is, uh, it was really cool to see all the different people that they had and just the interactions that they had with yeah. them. And especially Donda, which, we're, also which we'll get into. Also, Scarface making fun of his retainers is priceless. I, I got my retainer clips <laughs> coming up. Uh, also, the, the dabbing that he does on Jay-Z to go from, like, hey, Jay-Z, and then having to walk like any other fan, just mm -hmm. having to continue forward. It's surreal stuff to, to, to look back on, but uh, overall, mm -hmm. the big issue that he was still facing during this time with everybody that he was meeting was that to them, he is a producer. To them, he's that kid in the apartment who's making all these beats. To them, they literally stop him. Oh, you filming a doc? That's cute. Don't forget my beat. <laughs> Have it on the desk by yeah. Monday. And there's a point even where he's getting into beef with other people. Um, and this, <laughs> this part right here was hilarious, that Kanye <laughs> could not handle that. Because he said, I'm not a gangster rapper. I want to be the best mm -hmm. the best dressed rapper. 
So when mm-hmm. someone said something about him and he heard, hears it on the radio, he called that man up and met with him. <laughs> the man's like, what do you... Shout out Doug Infinite. This man this is was your lasting legacy confused. now. He could not believe it. He was like, I got on the phone. We're going to fix this right now. The moment I saw them hug, I knew this is not only such a kind of thing to do, but any beef you see this man in, do not take it seriously. Ever, ever, ever. Since the beginning, it, it, mm-hmm. he's not a man who I think can go to bed uh, thinking about what other people don't like about him. Um, but it's in that, just seeing how he was raised, that you see that he's not really... He doesn't seem to come off as like the most confrontational person, in my opinion. Um, no. Yeah, and you see this whole treasure trove of how his environment was being raised, uh, always mm-hmm. having the ability to have someone there who was encouraging him. The fact that they were able to record him early on and encourage that idea of him being able to follow his dreams. Uh, yeah. And it's just cool to see all, all the young moments. I, I like this one right here, Whew. where he does all falls down, but it's a spoken mm-hmm. word. Very interesting to see how he acts. Uh, seeing Kanye act is the funniest thing because oh, yeah. I think most people are used to him being so honest that it's a little over the top. Uh, so when he's doing something mm-hmm. like that, it was hilarious. The Blade yeah. Runner. I look. love that moment. I love that moment where you see him as like maybe a 13 year old or maybe even younger than that, uh, rapping or maybe even freestyling. You know, mm-hmm. just shows you that like spark is there from an early age. Pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And someone had to water that. Someone had to encourage this double polo wearing, backpack straddling. This one was crazy, bro, with the vest. <laughs> um, <laughs> and even the dark sides. That, that's one thing that I will give, I guess, the documentary in its third act in particular. Um, and even just throughout, being able to capture the rawest moments, sometimes a little too much. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this part too, the refrigerator. This being a meme <laughs> probably has to be one of the funniest things. The fact that... He was so embarrassed to open up his refrigerator because he had nothing in there. Because the man's eating at BK. Yeah. He's, he's too busy. <laughs> it's also pretty hilarious to me because we do get a lick at Donda's fridge as well, which is similarly barren. So it, are these le- learned habits? You know? you know, Exactly. There's a whole cycle to it. and uh, Obviously, you have to mention one of the biggest parts of it. What makes him the rapper that he is? And there's a whole element of the stock where it's a treasure trove of just... Really cool shots, <laughs> goofy shots, don't get me wrong, but it's just some incredible footage of the city, right? If you know Kanye, there's one thing that he's always rapped about. Literally, he has a whole relationship song where the woman ends up being Chicago and how he left her, but mm-hmm. just a treasure trove of shots that they had here throughout the city of what it looked like, the culture of it. I loved it. That's one of the reasons why I can't wait to not even re-listen to it, but just re-watch it in the background just to have all that stuff playing. First yeah. act and as a document as a document of a place and time, I'm sure that is like must be very emotional too. We had a couple of those at Sundance, so uh yeah. hey, the Batman's about to come out, trust me, that that Chicago architecture is priceless. <laughs> um, but then there's also this moment. Uh, Zach was mentioning earlier, the retainers. Ugh. <laughs> All over the place. Probably the best meme to come out of it, and I think when you're looking back at footage that was shot of you, you kinda need that relatable moment. And I, I think the retainer bit is probably the thing that people are going to gravitate towards the most because I feel like just a couple years ago, we had that whole trend where a bunch of rappers still had braces. Like, he worked with mm-hmm. Lil Pump. Lil Pump had braces. I, I don't even know if he's still 21 yet, but, like, that became a whole trend that they had early on, and there he was, early on. Even more disgusting, so yeah. leaving it everywhere. Not very hygienic, but nope. his teeth looking good now, so I guess it all paid off. 
Especially after the biggest uh, moment that he ever faced. Uh, I loved how part one ended with him still not really having recorded much of the album. But he, he goes through that spiritual journey, that accident that happens where he not only messes up his jaw, but they literally had to put a wire on him. Everybody knows this. Cootie mm-hmm. and GK were the ones who helped him with this video. They didn't even get paid for it. I didn't know that. That's insane to me. Mm. They didn't even get paid for it, just like they didn't get a dime for this doc it, early on. It paid off in the <laughs> end. <laughs> Bro, but that ain't, that's not patience as a virtue. That's patience took a damn minute. <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> to see these shots right here because it's oh, not yeah. just oh, yeah. uh, what would end up being in the video. It's also interesting mm-hmm. to see the behind the scenes of them coming up with the video idea while they're right. pulling it out. Like that, <laughs> Kanye saying it can look like he's doing surgery when he's just taking the braces off. And it kind of did in mm-hmm. the video. It's, it's insane. Um, and then for it to be documented, I feel like this is easily one of the things that catapulted him. And you start really establishing that uh, friendship with Cootie. Because now you don't just have someone who's documenting you. You had someone who made a video that put you on the map. And mm. that's where things got a little interesting. But first, yeah. it's, it's really the person who made this all possible. They ended up meeting. Because I think he was working on Donda and having shot all of this footage, they really never made anything of it until he was working on the album. And he wanted Cootie uh, to give him some of the footage since he obviously has all this treasure trove of stuff. And from there, in him asking the footage, Cootie was smart enough to pitch the doc. And honestly, the best part of this doc is Donda. Not only does it go along with literally the albums that are releasing right now, I've never seen him make a sequel, but he's supposed to make a sequel to um, the, I guess, a continuation to what would have been the good-ass job. But he gave us Donda too, and they gave us a lot of Donda in this movie. And to me, that is the heart and soul. Mm -hmm. It it always feels... There's kind of like a bit before we get to Donda in each part, but when we do, it feels like that's a turning point in each part of the yes. documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was really struck by, in part one, that moment when she talks about the giant who looks in the mirror and sees nothing. And oh. for Kanye, who's this guy who is so disaffected by the world around him, operates kind of as the the biggest force in the room, to see the way his like body language changed, how he kind of crumpled a little bit, hearing his own mother talking about him in that way. Uh, it was really revealing just the kind of relationship they, that they have and uh, bizarre to see him in that context since we don't get to see it that much. I thought that was good. It really puts it into perspective, like what happens when she did, when she left, you know, because you're seeing yeah. what oh, made yeah. him and what was guiding him and almost like, I guess, why things can go off the rails. Um, but mm-hmm. he took her everywhere. I, I really like that perspective of it, that he always had his mom there, even down to the Grammys. She played a pivotal role. And like you said, it's almost like it's woven in there because there will be points where he's just meeting people, right? And they'll be like, your mom was my English teacher, right? Yeah. Cootie himself was still working with Donda uh, when it came to stuff dealing in Chicago. Donda gave the man his second camera. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That's massive. How pivotal Mm. this woman was to that. And uh, I, I don't know, to me... I think the documentary is just worth watching it for that. The story of a Mm -hmm. mother and son and the love that they have for each other, the way that they were able to push each other. Seeing her rap, bro, that, (laughs) that was fantastic. That's, that's probably one of my favorite moments of the documentary, but uh, not Donda obviously plays a pivotal role in not just the documentary and not just obviously this current state in Kanye, but 
his whole journey. Without this woman, mm-hmm. I, I think he's made it very clear uh, that he wouldn't be where he is. Um, starting up all the way from his house, being able to see the images there, which I think have become very iconic now since I feel like most Kanye fans know that he pretty much brought this to life with Donda. And I, there is a, a, a point where you could see the whole rollout as being a big bit for Donda 2 and what he's doing with the album. And I would never put it past Kanye to not make the most elaborate rollout possible. Um, mm-hmm. But I still think it stands on its own. I, I appreciate that it's not a doc where now that the rollout is done and we move on to the next album, that I'm not going to come back and rewatch things. And I just wish that it focused more just on that element of uh, where he was early on in life. But save, save the $200, Zach. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to get a full stem player. No. I will say, though, I found this little meme while I was collecting stuff. The idea of how late all of his albums have been, depending on on, uh, when they were announced. I do love Mm. that because of the Good Fridays, obviously, Dark Twisted Fantasy couldn't be late. But some of these numbers are crazy to see how late they were. Uh, Because for those of you who don't know, there was a point where Kanye did not want this doc to come out. Kanye uh, Mm -hmm. said he did not have creative vision. And, you know, if Kanye doesn't have creative vision. He took to Instagram. Oh, that's what it was. I couldn't find that. I was looking all over Twitter, man, and all I kept seeing was his campaign. Uh, Yeah, but he deletes everything as well. Um, But it was in that moment that I guess he didn't realize that the contracts were signed. And with Netflix giving the money, which was a reported 30 mil, uh, he claims it's not that high. I think it's still really close up there. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. He was patient with all the footage. Um, Cootie was, and having a big payday I think is worth it. Not having Kanye have his whole creative vision, I think, is a plus and a negative. I think it's a plus because we Mm. get to actually see somebody's outside perspective without Kanye wanting to meddle too much into it. A negative because then we also see Cootie's perspective. And at a certain point, you realize (laughs) it's not a Kanye trilogy. It is almost a trilogy of a friendship. Yeah. So even in part one and part two, I feel like the best material is when you kind of have this sort of cinema verite, fly on the wall approach. You, you don't really need it to be over explained to you. And in fact, I don't think he does a very good job of like being like an explainer narrator. Mm-hmm. He's kind of striking this line in between an explainer doc and something that's a, a little more cinema verite. And then as you say, by part three, he, he fully turns the camera around and it's the story of Cootie and Kanye. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I thought it was very well done. Um, it's once he wins his Grammy that I think they should have wrapped the third part in, but this ends up being mm-hmm. the ending to part two because after he wins that and he becomes super iconic, he kind of goes his own way. And there is an element mm-hmm. in the after party to this where one of them is celebrating, <laughs> the other is still working. And yeah. I, I think that's a good doc. I just wasn't prepared for that to come out of nowhere after two parts that are giving me something completely mm-hmm. different. I'm not the biggest fan of Act 3, but I think it does serve a purpose uh, if you remove right. it as its own thing. Yeah, like, it's very interesting as and this, like, story of how two friends went their separate ways and st- sort of came together in different periods over 20 years. Like, mm-hmm. you can almost f- picture a really interesting narrative movie about the same idea. And and there are really interesting elements there, but he's doing this weird balance of, like, making it about himself, including the, the death of his father and the birth of his daughter and, like, yep. a lot more cootie stand-up than I think anybody really needs. <laughs> But I, maybe, <laughs> yeah, again, if, it, if it's a different type of doc, then sure. But it's not that doc, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. 
there's still a lot that he's able to make parallels with when it comes to the third act. And uh, I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. interesting because you have Cootie who, this has been his lifelong passion to, to, to do this, right? He can also have become a billionaire, I guess, but he decided not to go that route. Uh, he still was recording a lot of famous people. He was still yeah. out there doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Working with Common, kind of- working with John Legend. And it's be, it's through Common that he ends up meeting them again, and that's how everything comes into fruition. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It was a very interesting choice to make to just have Act 3 be something different because, like you uh, had called it, it's like a Vice recap. He really brings yeah. no perspective to the last 10 years that I feel most of us haven't already seen, which is crazy because Part 1 and 2 did mm-hmm. the complete opposite. Right. Right. The part, the first two parts are so revealing. And even if they are showing us like sides of Kanye, we may know they're recontextualizing them a little and adding depth. You know, I think a lot of people talk about how Kanye has grown into this really arrogant figure. And you see that there is a lot of that arrogance there still in part one and part two, but it maybe doesn't have the confidence that he, he grew into. And in, but in part three, like you say, it's kind of just recapping the the most viral clips and the you know? Wikipedia moments that are, are getting highlighted. And it's not really taking you that much behind the scenes until I guess we get maybe towards the Wyoming stuff. And then there is a little bit of uh, interesting footage there. But, you know, he talks about how he put his camera down for six years. And th- there's a whole period there where it's like we, we're just missing it. that part of Kanye's life. It was interesting to see... Uh, some of the clips contextualized around the timing of Donda's death. I thought Mm -hmm. that was when it was maybe at its most effective, but uh, for the most part, it does kind of feel like a highlight package. But, I mean, you can only work with what you have. I think it is good to still see that relationship because it says a lot about Kanye at the time that he was willing to... In order to make it big, leave some of those behind, and there's yeah. almost like a and redemption. Even forget arc. Cootie's name. <laughs> it was bad. I'm not kind saying of. that that was good. It was pretty bad. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's necessary to see how far. You know, it's kind of like his Icarus story. How far up to the sun did he get before he needed to come back? I am curious your right. thoughts on Docs having writing credits. We've had a little bit of a discussion in the past about I this. I know. We've, got, we've talked about this. I don't think it's as like, nefarious as maybe you make it out to be. Because like, somebody's got to write the narration, right? And they, they, you're, you're giving the story structure. It's, you got to credit the writing, I guess. It's, it's something that's increased in popularity in documentaries yeah. in recent years for sure. But like, there is writing that goes into a documentary. I guess it's just directing i don't know to me it's not writing because it's the doc and you're not necessarily creating something it, even if yeah. it's not nefarious i just think it's a weird way to credit but uh, i agree with you on all the sure. hours of footage that they have hopefully there's still stuff to be able to make something new or even more than that whoever did end up yeah. shooting all those missing years like he has the ability to pitch this to other streaming services we know the man has already worked twice with amazon in terms of streaming his concerts mm-hmm. they don't even have to go to streaming services the man has made full out imax productions uh i went to go see this one only like 40 minutes but it was interesting to see how it was captured he has the ability to be creative yep. in multiple different ways so i really hope that from what because he didn't even get late registration right so from late registration right. graduation all of that stuff if kind still mm-hmm. had a cameraman which i don't see why he wouldn't I want to see three parts per album. Per album. Right. And even with just the Cootie stuff, you know, the 
documentary opens with Kanye saying he has a, a friend with him who has a seven and a half hour documentary. We only ended up with Even, four yes. and a half. I'm curious about those other three hours. That's crazy. Yeah. Even with this one, there's still more. But it ends up wrapping up, uh, up around the time when he's doing the, I want to say it was the Mercedes Benz. Uh, performance when he started rolling out Dondo when he was like living in there and Mm -hmm. again not as introspective as we wanted it to be but it's a a look back at how Kanye ended up becoming uh, I guess so far gone if you want to see it that way there are moments where he really brings in this idea that it's not necessarily Kanye who's the genius right they are both very religious men and as Cootie starts comparing it to his own family he starts seeing how lost he is. You know, if, if he's keeping it to those biblical metaphors, he becomes the lost son, right? And it's about bringing him yeah. back. And I think towards the end of it, um, I don't know how close they are now as they were before, but there's definitely a rift there that I think Cootie doesn't, he doesn't need to see, but I think it's it, they become of two completely different worlds. That connection mm-hmm. of God, that connection of Chicago early on, it becomes completely different. 20 years later, especially when you have such an insane repertoire. But uh, overall, I thought it was a fantastic documentary when you're including part one and two. And there's a lot to say in part three in terms of how he became uh, the big star that he is. But I think it really uh, holds its weight when you're seeing his inspirations, when you're seeing a person who's become an icon and where he started from. Right, right. Uh, Yeah, it's really an incredible piece. I'm still like, I, I got it playing in the background actually right, right now. now. I've been watching it again and again because it's just really cool to see all these moments from these like people that I have spent all this time adoring and uh, also getting to see the inception of so many amazing songs and behind the scenes. Um, was there any stuff in the Wyoming footage from part three or of that behind the scenes, you know, seeing some stuff with his father on FaceTime and stuff that uh, it- stuck struck out to- Stuck out to you, I guess. No, it's all weird. Everything in part three is really weird to me. It all seems jumbled. And I feel like the editing that he's doing there is to make him seem like he's not organized. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm like, you're there. Show me some creative stuff. I want to see when he's being creative, right. and I know you have it. And I felt like the only creative stuff he showed us was when he's mumbling. Kanye fans don't see that as a negative because people have bought the stem player, and he's mumbling on there. It's a creative process yeah. of him knowing the rhythm that he wants, but he doesn't know the lyrics yet. And sometimes I felt like Cootie right. was like filming him look foolish, and it's like he he does look foolish. But if you're a Kanye fan, you know that that's kind of the process. You get it. You get yeah. it. And it felt weird that he was showing us that when he's there and not anything more creative. He's showing us him with Justin Bieber. I don't care. Show me <laughs> well, him it was shooting kind of interesting to see cover. him. He was talking to Bieber about what it's like being a, a mogul, though, which was kind of, kind of interesting to see Kanye uh, treat Bieber like the the young Up and future coming. mogul or whatever. Yeah, like sure? now he's, Kanye is able to give that sage advice or, or what he assumes is sage advice. I, I thought it, some of that stuff was really fascinating. And I, I also talked to you before about I think the, the Tucker Carlson clip is mm-hmm. very fascinating, partially because it shows you uh, this side of Kanye that people have been struggling with, like this ability he has to embrace people that are unsavory. And I think it also frames it in a really interesting way. I, I know you think I'm I'm maybe being a little bit kind in my description of it, but I think that uh, it shows that Kanye has this uh, facility towards people 
who agree with him on one point to kind of embrace them, right? It's like he yeah. he feels like he's not hearing his point of view uh, validated in a lot of ways. So when somebody is willing to validate him, he, he accepts them and embraces them despite what are largely conceived larger flaws by mm -hmm. other people. So I, I just thought that was a pretty fascinating scene, uh, particularly yeah. with the other people at the car trying to tell him this guy's a bad dude. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of that in part three where I think the more I watch yeah. it, it'll be interesting to look back. Like I was telling you, in my rewatch of the trilogy, uh, seeing the parallels that he puts visually in the first one, um, I think there's mm -hmm. a lot there to digest in further viewing. So uh, I'm looking forward to see if we ever get that seven-hour cut, what other cuts we may get or any other docs because we're at that point uh, as I pull up over here some different documentaries that have been out there. Uh, I'm curious right. what you look forward to when it comes to uh, future docs because we're in that documentary business where if you're in sports, they're working on one, right? This man saw The Last Dance mm -hmm. and he was like, I'm going to make my own, right? But then you also have right. all of the music docs. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Travis doc, if you're mm -hmm. still allowed to say that, because that has energy in it. You are seeing nothing but behind-the-scenes footage of how he got all of that together, you know? And the same thing with mm -hmm. the Cuddy doc, which is over on Prime, if Y'all don't know about mm. it. Definitely go check that out. That's got some 808 background uh, information there. But a lot of these, they work with the artist. What I find very interesting about right. the Genius one is everything we said about how part three goes differently, which, while it surprised me, I'm not the biggest fan, I almost kind of got to respect it. It reminds me a lot of this Lil Wayne doc that premiered at Sundance a while ago. Lil Wayne yeah. hates this documentary. I think it's, it's still up on YouTube. I highly re recommend going Ooh. to go check it out. It is capturing this man in the rawest way possible. You are literally, this documentarian just decided to follow him on his tour, how he would just set up to record something. For those of you who don't know, Lil Wayne does not write. So if he has an idea, he records it right then and there. Um, and I think something like Genius is able to hold that because the artist didn't have creative control. I don't want to right. see docs where they're just PR. Exactly. I, I think our, our best hope is for more stuff like this where it's resurfaced footage or somebody has a lot of stuff in a closet somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Anybody who's going to start a documentary right now, the music industry is too savvy to this, right? They're going mm. to make it a, a promotional tool, the 70-minute the promo like, for the new album. You know? And, and it just, it makes for a less interesting documentary. The reason that this is so fascinating is because this is all Cootie's footage. It's not Kanye's footage. And, and because, you know, he's not in control of how he's going to be portrayed. So I think, you know, maybe we can look at, maybe looking to some artists who have that history. I don't know if Jay-Z had a guy following him like this, but I would be very you fascinated know? in a, in a Jay-Z documentary that <laughs> really goes into his come up. There's a lot of artists out there, but you know, hopefully we'll get the ones who are willing to l let a little bit of that creative control go in order to get the best story possible. Agreed. You don't want, you don't want a studio 666. Not Amazon plugin. I'm, I'm yeah, thinking more uh, more Demi Lovato's every other year documentary. Every uh, yeah, we're at South by. We're probably doing around this time, but yeah. Overall, again, I highly recommend the documentary. Fascinating footage to see. I can't wait to see what else is out there. And uh, we were even seeing some stuff in the chat as I pull that up. Again, people commenting about what their favorite stuff yeah. was. Um, Assad <laughs> asked us the, if we wanted to do. Uh, a quick Kanye album rankings. I don't know if you're prepared, if you're ready. Uh, I think I still have College Dropout at three? number one. 
Uh, yeah. College dropout. 808 and heartbreaks. Okay. And late registration. Pablo. That's a good one. That's my. <laughs> I got late, late late registration at my number three. Also, I got Yeezus at number two. I really like that's Yeezus. fair. Bro. I actually kind of I start. I used to hate people who had Yeezus mm-hmm. in the top five and would want to be away from them, and I started to respect them a lot more. I think they were they were very attuned to a sound that hadn't exploded yeah. yet. Ahead of the times, maybe. Um, uh-huh. And I, I feel like this is the boring pick, but I got me my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy at number one. Dude. That is that's the Sgt. Yeah. Pepper's of hip hop albums. Did you? I might have to send you this clip. Some some may know. Um, he just talked about how he felt that Yeezus and 808s are his most innovative albums. I and got his that open most, in another tab, man, bro. And that his most beloved. <laughs> is Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and he thinks that that's embarrassing for the audience because they're not willing yep. to push themselves forward. The way he described it being manufactured, <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah. I mean, these yep. can shift at any point in it's, time, and then if we're talking singles... It's a good singles, album, though. It, it's, yeah. But uh, I'm curious to see what yeah, Like you said, it's really forward. just how you wake up feeling that day. Really. Uh, I just want to see more behind the scenes of how he made all of these albums. I think that's the most fascinating part, the creative process. I want to see him Same. getting hyped when he's dropping beats. I want to see him going all in and how he does all these lyrics and just the whole concept behind his mind. But uh, overall, gets my high recommendation over on Netflix. Uh, I don't know what you would end up rating it, Zach. I mean, I, this to me is maybe the most exciting thing I've seen in 2022. It's like this or after Yang. I, I've, mm-hmm. I'm really into this documentary. It's like I said, it's a Kanye nerds. I'll give uh, credit to Cool Bro in the chat. It's a Kanye nerds dark, beautiful, twisted fantasy. It, yes, it's sir. great to see all of that early career footage, uh, even if it doesn't go as far or as f- deep into his career as me- we might like. You know, to, to get what we have, it's hip-hop's version of Get Back. It's awesome. Fantastic. So if you guys are curious on this one, go check it out if you have. And go give it a rewatch if you already did. Uh, but for future yep. episodes, we're obviously going to be covering a really big movie that's coming on the horizon for the Batman. Uh, that'll be a very interesting discussion between a superhero genre and then all of the 70 influences that 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 has so stay tuned for that let us explain obviously every monday we do the wrap-ups obviously every tuesday we do all of the new stuff we have south by on the horizon but until then let us know Mm -hmm. your thoughts on this one did you enjoy it did you love it did you hate it did you love to hate it did you hate to love it all of those down below and until next time don't forget whether you believe kanye is the greatest of all time or not the whole point is that you believe you are too